0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk.
1: Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're going to be talking about what women need to know when it comes to investing and retirement planning. There are some really unique challenges that we as women face when it comes to all things financial and I'm going to talk about a few of them today as well as some solutions and things to think about when it comes to financial planning for women. Now I know there's a lot of gentlemen that listen to this show and stay tuned. This is important because most of you know and love women who are gonna benefit from this information. So some of it you may be able to pass along, just some tips that you've heard that might be effective or benefit somebody that you care about. Okay, why would we talk about doing a show that's specifically for women when it comes to finances? Well, here's why. Women face some uphill challenges when it comes to financial planning. And the reasons are, women are more likely to have a career break, They're more likely to be a caregiver, they're more likely to actually make less income while they are working, and women are likely to live longer. So here's the deal, all of those things that I just said can have a negative impact on your financial planning. Why? Because it all takes away from your ability to save and invest and have money set aside to last you comfortably for the rest of your life. All right, let's talk statistics. These statistics come from the Prudential Insights white paper. And the first one that I wanna talk about is caregiving. So here's the skinny on caregiving. 75% of the caregivers in the United States are women. That's a very sobering number. Caregiving can really take several different forms. Sometimes it's a career break when you're in your childbearing years to stay home and take care of children. That's considered caregiving and can cause a career break. Oftentimes, women are the primary caregivers for aging parents as well. And sometimes women are caught in this sandwich moment where they have children in college that they're still taking care of, still helping with, and they have aging parents that they're helping with, and they're sandwiched between providing care or at least emotional support for some and care for others for two different sets of people in their lives. So caregiving can actually take a major toll on the emotional, the physical, and the financial health of the woman who is providing the care. Another issue that faces women a little bit differently than men is widowhood. The average age of a female widow in the United States today is 59. Now, for many people in older generations, it hasn't been the woman's job to take care of money. That has been something that's been relegated to the male spouse in the relationship. So a lot of times we're seeing women finding themselves for the very first time in their life having to handle all of the household finances. And they're woefully unprepared because it's never been their job. And when are they having to do this? At age 59. (laughs) So kind of late in life. Widowhood is really kind of an issue. The next sobering statistic when it comes to women and finances is divorce. And divorce for women, the fastest growing age group for segment of divorce, is age 55 to 64. So it seems that women are getting their children raised, they're getting them out of the house, and then they're deciding to make a change. Maybe it's their choice, maybe it's not their choice. But the sad fact of divorce, along with all of the rest of the emotional upheaval, is that assets get cut in half. So where you may have felt you had a good nest egg to carry you and your spouse through retirement, when you're looking at having that number and having that have to take care of just you throughout retirement, that can put you in a financial pickle and one that you weren't necessarily anticipating. All right, let's talk wage gap. The wage gap reality is that women earn 82 cents For every dollar that a man earns. So even if you didn't have the challenge of a caregiving break, even if you had spent the money on education, even if you had put your time into your career, you still on average are earning less, which impacts a myriad of things. If you're earning less, you're probably saving less and therefore not having as big of an opportunity to build the retirement savings that you're looking for. And then here's the last thing that I think that just kind of like ties a bow around all of these different financial issues that women face. Let's talk about longevity. 80% of women die single. Now listen to that statistic, that's just crazy. 80% of women die single, 80% of men die married. (laughs) Funny how the number's actually just the same number. But that's crazy. So what that is saying is that women, you're outliving your spouses, which means you have to be prepared for a life and being able to look out for your finances beyond the life of your spouse. The chances of you dying single versus married are pretty high if 80% of women die single, whether they're widowed, whether they're divorced, what have you. But that's a sobering statistic. Why am I talking about this? Well, I have a personal mission to be able to help people create brighter financial futures for themselves. And when I see things like this that are stacking the deck from wage inequality to longevity issues, to divorce, to widowhood, to caregiving, then I feel like any solutions that I can bring to the table for people listening, whether you are a woman or whether you care about a woman, who may outlive you and may have to take care of finances for the first time in their life. Anytime we can bring solutions to the table and talk about ways to help people, that's helping me fulfill my own personal mission of helping to create brighter financial futures in this world. Now, one of the things that is a little bit of money psychology is that most of the time women tend to look for collaboration when they're working with somebody. They tend to look for a collaborative partner. They tend to look for that discussion, education surrounding things like finance, especially if it's not something that they're super into and excited about themselves. And most of the time, women are focusing more on things that are going to help them feel more secure and stable. And so by and large, it seems like women would prefer to have a plan and understand the aspects of their plan. And women are not necessarily looking for specific investment products. So women tend to partner more with somebody who's a holistic planner, talking about not just investments, not just when are you going to retire, not just income streams during retirement, but look at your life. How can we make the money you have align with the life that you want to lead? And so for women and doing investment and retirement planning, finding that collaborative voice, finding that person that you can talk about, making sure that the planning you do aligns with the life you wanna live is a very important piece of synchronicity that makes everything feel very personal because it is personal. So keep that in mind when you're talking to women about their finances, is that it's not just about the products, it's really about their overall plan. Okay, so when you're talking about holistic planning and you're trying to find that collaborative partner, ladies listen up, this is a really important piece of this. It's important for you to find somebody to work with who acts as a fiduciary with their clients. So it's kind of a big buzzword right now. People hear the word fiduciary all the time. And fiduciary really means that it's somebody who has the highest legal duty to ethically act and is bound to act in the best interest of their clients. So it's about you as the client, not us as the financial planner. It's about making recommendations that are in your best interest Based on a lot of criteria, but it starts with really understanding holistically what your situation is, what your life is like, what your goals are, what your objectives are with your money, what do you want to have happen? And what are some of these obstacles that might get in your way? Are you likely to get divorced? Are you likely to become a widow? Are you do you have longevity in your family? You know, do we need to have plan for you to live till you're 85 or 105? All of those things. something that a fiduciary is likely to be talking to you about. And the bottom line is a good fiduciary is going to help you align the money you have with the life you want to lead. So how do you do that? How do you align your money with the life that you want to lead? Well, there's a couple of different things that we talk about in terms of figuring out how to do that. One of them is talking about the emotional readiness when it comes to transitioning to the next phase of your life and moving into a retirement phase or a caregiving phase or things like that. So one of the best questions that we can ask is, what do you want your money to fund? What is it that you wanna have happen in your life that we need to say, okay, great, if you wanna be able to do that, let's allocate some money for that. So do you wanna travel? Do you wanna hang out on the beach? Are you wanting to spend time volunteering? Are you wanting to give money away to charity? Is it about spending time with those you love? Is it about paying for college education for people that you care about? Is there a financial legacy that you want to leave for kids, grandkids, charity, your community? What is it that you want to fund in your life? Now, One of the questions that we ask very frequently when it comes to retirement planning, especially for women is, how do you wanna feel in retirement? Now that may seem like a very odd question because it certainly doesn't have anything to do with investment products. It has everything to do with you. So how do you wanna feel in retirement? I asked this question to a woman one time who is a retiring art professor at a college. And what she told me is she wanted to feel connected, she wanted to feel creative, and she wanted to feel generous. Now, here's what that meant once we got to the heart of it. She wanted to feel connected. She has three grandchildren that live in different parts of the country. None of them live locally where she is. And she wanted to make sure that at least once a year, she could fly to the grandkids and spend a week or two with each grandchild's family. And at the holidays, she wanted to be able to fund all of those families to come back to where she lived to spend the holidays together. Now, all of that takes money, that's travel. We gotta allocate money to be able to do that. That's what she wants to fund in her retirement, but it has nothing to do with travel and dollars. It has everything to do with being connected to her family. The next thing that she wanted to be was creative. So the creativity came from the fact that she was an art professor. Now, I like to paint. I love being an artist myself, but this woman had been an artist her entire life. So one of the very important things for her was to always have enough space in her home for a home studio where she could continue to do her artwork. So what that translated to in her financial planning was when she retired, she is going to downsize her home but not downsize it to the point you would think because she wanted to have plenty of space in her smaller home to allow for an art studio. So what does she wanna fund? A little bit more space to allow for the creativity that she wants in her life. And then the last thing was generous. This woman had grown up very poor. She knew what poverty was like. She remembered feeling hungry, feeling not full, feeling, wondering where the next meal was going to come from. And so it was important to her to be able to give back both with time and financially to organizations locally that helped with hunger issues and with feeding people who didn't have enough to eat, especially children. That that was her heart goal. And so in our planning, that meant that we needed to allocate money. We needed to allocate funds for those things. So you can see how asking the question, how do you wanna feel in retirement, really can go all the way through down to your actual plan to make sure that the money that you have aligns with the life you wanna live during that next chapter of life.
0: Congratulations to Mary Sterk and the team at Sterk Financial for earning a spot on two Forbes lists. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors and Forbes Top Women in Wealth for four years running.
1: Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Sterk. And today we're talking about some of the unique challenges that women face when it comes to their investment and their retirement planning. And now we're going to dive into some solutions in terms of overcoming some of the gaps left by longevity issues and by wage gap issues and by widowhood or caregiving time out of their life. All right, solutions come in a variety of shapes and sizes and there's no one size fits all solution. Similar to the idea that there's no one size fits all social security way to take your check. There's like over 500 different ways that you can choose to take your social security. And what is right for your neighbor is not necessarily right for you. What your best friend does does not necessarily mean what you should do. My point with saying this is that how you build your wealth before retirement and then how you set up your income during retirement can have a massive impact on the life that you live during retirement. So a couple of things to think about. Social Security, like I said, has a lot of different ways to set up your income streams. You can take it as early as age 62, but it does include a reduction in amount, Your full retirement age triggers off your birthday and is going to be somewhere between the ages of 65 and 67. And the latest that you would want to ever take it is age 70 because it doesn't get any bigger if you wait until age 70 or wait until after age 70 to take it. So for most people, the Social Security decision is a big one. And one thing that people don't always realize is that if you're still going to work and work even part-time, You have a wage cap on how much you can earn if you haven't reached that full retirement age yet and you trigger your Social Security. Now, let me tell you, ladies, the last check you want to write is a check back to Social Security for money that they sent you. That's not a fun one. (laughs) So right now, in 2021, the actual wage cap is just a little under $19,000. So If you earn more than that through a wage type of income and you're taking Social Security and you took it earlier than your full retirement age, you could be in a situation where you have to pay it back. So my point with this is that you have to be very careful about the Social Security decisions that you make. And you also have to understand how Social Security and pension rules work if you do get divorced or you do lose your spouse because both of those things can change the game for everybody. So if you are contemplating a divorce or if you think that it's likely that you're going to be one of those 80% of women who die single, then talking to somebody about the different options that you have for income streams in your retirement like Social Security and like pension is going to be a really good idea for you. Now, another thing that I really want to stress as a good solution for women is this, it's important to do quality checks on the investment portfolio that you do have. We already talked about how the wage gap issue probably puts you in a situation where you're going to save less, and then if you have saved less, it's that much more important for the money you have to be able to stretch for as long as possible. You face this longevity issue where you're likely to live longer than your male counterparts. So we have this kind of triple whammy, right? You have the made less, saved less, gonna live more. It really, really makes it important that the portfolio that you have is a very high quality portfolio. That it's doing the most that it can for you during the time that you have it, both leading up to retirement and then once you're in retirement. So what is a quality check? A quality check says that you can group your investments into different groupings. We call them asset classes. So for instance, an asset class might be a large, a mid or small company, kind of like your clothes, right? But it has to do with the amount of revenue that that particular company makes as to what size they are. And then they get grouped into different styles like growth or value or blend. But regardless of which asset class it is, almost all funds and ETFs fit into an asset class. And if they're in the same asset class, then we can rank them as to who's more of an above average performer versus a below average performer. And that's what quality checks are. It's looking at the portfolio you have and saying, how does the holding that you have money in stack up against all the other ones that are available in that asset class. Now, if you have a great performer, if you have something that's above average, awesome. (laughs) No need to make any changes most likely. But if you have something that has been average or below average and has been consistently like that for a long time, you really have to ask yourself, why would you hold on to that? If there's other things out there that are more above average in performance, Why wouldn't you want to migrate towards those? So quality check is gonna help you spot the weaknesses in your portfolio as well as the strengths. And it's going to help you understand what's the best way for you to migrate from something that's not performing as well to something that has a stronger performance history. Now, of course, past performance doesn't guarantee future results. We all know that. We've heard that disclaimer a million times. But there's something to be said about checking the quality and not holding onto a dog forever. Now, migrating to something that is a stronger performer historically has a lot of things involved in it. There might be tax consequences of it. There might be costs involved in it. So you have to bring all of that into the picture, but it starts with a quality check. And if you don't have the resources to do a quality check yourself, that's where, again, you should really think about partnering with a holistic financial planner who acts as a fiduciary with their clients to give you the recommendations on what they consider to be above average or below average performers. So a quality check is a solution that you can have that's going to help your long-term investment portfolio move in the direction that you're hoping that it moves. Okay, another thing that you really want to do is figure out where you have gaps from an insurance perspective. Now, gaps from an insurance perspective are not always easily spotted. Financial planners that look at your whole picture can really spot things from more of like a bird's eye view where there could be gaps that could cause financial issues. Sometimes when we're working with clients we think their car insurance limits aren't high enough or we think they need to go back to their homeowner's insurance and increase their liability or maybe it's time to add in an umbrella policy. Maybe they have not enough life insurance. Maybe they have too much life insurance and don't need to be spending the money on it anymore. Maybe the health insurance leading up to retirement and in retirement is a big issue for them or maybe they have had the experience where they've seen a family member go into a nursing home and the nursing home costs over the time that they were in there really destroy the retirement portfolio and any legacy that someone wanted to leave financially. So an insurance review to assess the stability of the foundation that you've created in your life that's protected by an insurance is a really strong part of financial planning. You may find that you should add long-term care insurance or you may find it's not the right thing for you. You may find that you don't need the life insurance that you're paying an arm and a leg for anymore or you may find you want to hold on to it. You may find that you're totally fine and your gaps are all shored up or you may be able to be spotting some gaps that could really help you avoid challenges in the future. So an insurance review for someone, especially for women, who need to get that stability into place to feel really strong about their plan is a key part of solutions when it comes to planning. Okay, and the last thing that I wanna talk about is emotions versus logic. (laughs) We all know that emotions can create problems when it comes to investment decisions. So I like to say that there are three phases of a market cycle. There's the buy phase when everybody thinks, yep, it's great to be in a market. There's the sell phase when markets start to tumble and people get nervous. And then there's the panic phase <laughs> where people say, oh, my gosh, the market's lost a ton. I have to get out before I lose any more. Right? Emotions create poor investment decisions. By and large, if you did the opposite of what your emotions said every time when it comes to your investment portfolio, you'd probably be off in a better space. (laughs) But the thing about it is that we don't want to push the panic button. We don't want to let it get that far. And understanding the risk level that you're comfortable with, whether markets are up or whether markets are down, is a really important piece of financial planning. To make sure that your emotions don't get you in trouble and veer you off course at the wrong time now emotions can also be addressed by having your money bucketed in such a way that we've aligned your money and the risk level for your money with the time in your life that you want to use it we call that a bucket plan and i know that several of you have heard me talk about that before and there's several shows that i have done about that before but the bottom line is this your emotions probably should be separated from your investment decisions (laughs) and if you need emotional support during a financial crisis that's what a good holistic financial planner can be there to help support you all right. We've talked about a myriad of things this week This week on our show. I hope this has been good, valuable information. You understand some of the challenges. You understand some of the solutions. You know who to reach out to and talk to when you have questions about these things. And we thank you for listening to Money Guide with Mary Sir.
0: The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney, or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data. Rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience, and weighing factors like revenue trends, Assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The word is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These rankings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.